Hello and welcome to God Talk Podcast, Let Them That Have Ears. On this episode, we will discuss a very important question, a question that people will either believe supports the existence of God or disproves it. Is there a moral case for God? This will be a thought-provoking episode and the penultimate episode for this first series, Could God Be Real? So let's get into it. Is there a moral case for God? A moral case for God. What do you all think? I'm sure that some of you will already believe that there isn't a God. The most common reason would be because of all the evil and suffering around us in the world, there couldn't possibly be a God. In this episode, we will look at just three questions. Is good and evil real? Can good and evil exist without God? And can evil and suffering prove God's existence? It's really great to be back, and I hope you will enjoy this episode. So question one, is good and evil real? What do I mean by this? Well, I don't mean God and the devil, but rather the acts that people do, things that are right and wrong. It does seem like a simple question, really. We would all say yes, just by looking at people's behaviours. But is what we really see good and evil, or is it just a construct of society, just people's opinions? To answer this, we need a few things. Morals, a moral lawgiver, and people subjected to it. Good and evil can only stem from a high moral standpoint that we all strive to achieve. Failure or success to reach it results in good or evil acts. Hence, we use terminology like a good or bad person. But what is this moral standpoint and who gives it? Let us firstly take God out of the equation and look at the argument from a secular point of view that people make their own morals and laws. Let us imagine that we've just come together to create a society and decided upon certain laws and behaviours based on our opinions that we deem to either be good or evil acts, which results in punishment or praise. Here we have created our moral laws, also known as moral principles. The definition of moral principles is laws that are not universal and subject to change. But a problem has now arisen, that these sets of moral principles only belong to us, being one particular group of people or nation. What happens when a separate group of people or nations establish their own sets of moral principles that are in complete opposition or contradiction to the ones we have just created? What we have deemed to be evil, they call good, and what they call good, we call evil. My questions to you are how would you judge this? How would you decide which is the correct standard to follow? Would you say that if an outsider committed a crime on our land, then it's evil and punishable by our laws? But this person only needs to go back to their nation for it to be deemed appropriate. So which set of moral principles do we follow? Ours or theirs? To put this example into perspective... There are 197 countries in the world. How many different laws and morals do you think there are? And how many would contradict the other? 
There is a major flaw in this human-made system, which is, neither sets of moral principles are right or wrong. There is no way to say which is the morally correct behaviour, because both have come from different people, which unsurprisingly, hold different moral opinions. How can good or evil exist, if it's therefore just a matter of opinion? So, is good and evil real? The answer at the moment is both yes and no. No, because we make the rules which aren't universal, and yes, because although it is subjective, we judge others based on our own standards. We do it every day, guys. We call ourselves good people because we compare ourselves with those we think have done something far worse than our own wrongdoings. We say things like, he's a compulsive liar, and compare it to, oh, I only told a white lie. It's not the same. They don't really count. Our opinion tells us that we've done nothing wrong. But how can we judge the other person's behaviour if they think the same thing? But this isn't an adequate answer to the question though, is it? For good and evil to be more than just an opinion-based principle, this high moral standard needs to be universal. This is known as moral absolutism, or moral truths, as it's also defined. The definition of moral truths are that they are objective, in the sense that they are true, no matter what we might want or think. If the majority disagrees, it still remains true. In other words, you might not believe or accept it, but that won't change its absolute truth. This is the way morals are set and the universal standard of good and evil. They cannot be changed. But this, unfortunately, can't exist in the secular worldview, because you need a high moral law giver, which no man can ever be. What we have are moral principles defined as moral relativism, that are created, which are subjective in manner, and are subject to change. Pay close attention to this now, I don't want to lose you. Another way to best describe moral principles is to say, my truth and your truth. But you can immediately see the problem with this, can't you? There can only be one truth, right? Now here's the point. If everything were to be true, then nothing would be false. So in fact, nothing could be true, because a truth without a falsehood is just a statement. Did you get that? The whole argument that people use concerning personal truths falls apart, because you need to have falsehoods for there to be a truth. The truth cannot be subjective, and this is exactly what people make it out to be when they live by a my-truth standard. Moral principles, therefore, are the only standard that we as man can make. Now, if we were to add God back into the equation, what would the outcome look like? It would be that we now have a moral lawgiver, who is able to create the laws for all people to follow, which are not subjected to people's opinions and will always remain true. 
These are universal, which is the benchmark requirement for moral absolutes. It is therefore more logical to assume that moral absolutes are set out by an infinitely wise God rather than by man. Why? Because man is fallible. We have the capacity to make mistakes, get things wrong. And in this process, we find different nations having different laws with different outcomes. Which means that the standard for a moral absolute cannot be met. So we go back to the first question. Is good and evil real? To a person that believes God created moral absolutes, then logically, it's real. God, and only God, has set them out and they are universal. But to someone who doesn't believe in the existence of God, then the answer would have to be no. Because their moral principles are founded purely upon their own, or the people creating the laws, opinions. Which means, good and evil will only ever be opinion-based and never a moral truth. They will always change subject to the opinions of a growing society. The more people there are, the more opinions you will have to face, the more frequent the laws will have to change. In fact, we see this in our everyday lives with cancel culture and this ever-growing confusion surrounding a person's gender. Laws are being changed. Now, there is a reason as to why I make the comparison between moral absolutes and moral principles. And this is to highlight the fact that moral absolutes can only exist because God does. I therefore put it to you that we live by moral absolutes every day. It's wrong to kill people. It's wrong to abuse people. These are just two examples out of many that prove moral absolutes do in fact exist, as it will never be right to do these things. If we can only make moral principles, then these absolutes can only come from a moral lawgiver, God. This takes us straight to the second question. Can good and evil exist without God? Here we will take it a step further to see what the implications are of good and evil being real. Now you might think that it's just convenient for God to be the moral lawgiver. But we have just seen that we can only ever bring forth laws that are subjective. This doesn't make the law objective to others. People will always have different beliefs on what is right or wrong. Here's that definition of moral truths again. The grounds for moral truths are that they are objective in the sense that they are true no matter what we might want or think. If the majority disagrees, it still remains true. Let's take two scenarios now. The first being that good and evil do exist, but God doesn't. We've discussed that without the presence of God, the law becomes subjective, which leads to the question, who is right or wrong? But there is a bigger implication to this, being justice itself. The justice to which I'm referring to is not the justice that you find in the legal system. There have been and will continue to be many scenarios where the guilty will be found innocent or even evade capture. How would that make the victim feel? Let's say that I steal all of your money and leave you unable to pay your bills. You and your family become homeless, 
whilst I'm in the tropics laying on a beach. I'm never caught, and you live a life of suffering, and I, a life of bliss. Eventually, we both pass away. Can you tell me where the justice is in that? We could blame the insufficiency of the legal system, sure. But I've just lived a fantastic life with your money. Where is the justice? Remember, this is a scenario where good and evil exists, but without God. According to this example, we both passed away and then there's nothing. No heaven, no hell, no God, no justice. According to a study in 2020, this is what 16% of the world's population believe, that there is no God. Which leads to the question, what's the point of living a good life according to a moral standard, if ultimately a good person or a bad person will have the same outcome after death? Nothing. I can steal your money, live a brilliant life and not face any punishment or justice. Remember what we said earlier. If we live by moral principles, then there is nothing to suggest that I'm wrong because stealing your money is okay in my truth. My argument would be that I stole your money to get out of poverty, which is the same as someone that steals food to eat. I'm sure some of you listening are thinking, well, that's not the same. One is worse than the other. By your own thoughts, you have just proved my argument that without God, moral principles are only opinion-based. Theft is theft. They are both wrong, regardless of the situation. Let us now consider the second scenario, being good and evil do exist, but with the addition that God does also. Keeping the same example we've just used, what would this therefore mean? I have stolen your money and lived a great life and you've done nothing but suffer. The short answer, there is now a point to living a morally good life because there is a final justice. As God exists, moral absolutes do also, which means God will judge us by the moral laws he has commanded us to live by. Now, I can no longer try to argue for my own personal truth, as a moral absolute is always true regardless of my opinion. I am now completely wrong to have stolen your money, just like the person who has stolen to eat. As I said, theft is theft. There is no leniency. The difference between the two examples is, although I may have escaped justice from the legal system, I will not escape the justice from God's judgment. Now, doesn't this give us some comfort, knowing that God, being holy, righteous and just, will always punish evil? Wouldn't the 16% of the population that doesn't believe in a God feel a sense of peace, knowing that there is a justice after death? This is the exact opposite to our first example, because now... There is a point of living a morally good life, whereas before, there wasn't. Now Mother Teresa and Adolf Hitler will not have the same outcome after death of their being nothing. They will both face judgment for their lives, and rightly so. Don't you find it unfair 
that in scenario one, I was able to steal your money and live a good life with no punishment at all? And do you not find that justice is rightly deserved in scenario two, when somebody has lived a bad life? What I will do now is give you two statements. As I answered the first question, this time I want you to answer the second based on which statement you agree with. Can good and evil exist without God? Statement 1. Good and evil exists as a direct result of moral absolutes. These absolutes will always remain true no matter what we might want or think. Moral absolutes can only exist because God does. And as a result of these moral absolutes, there is also a final justice. The fact that we are faced with moral absolutes in the decisions we take every day is a major indication that they do exist and we couldn't have made them. Statement number two. But on the other hand, if we are living within a world without the existence of God, good and evil simply cannot exist. The framing of your reality is based solely on your perception. Good and evil is the result of that perception. If you distinguish something as good, then it is, and there will be no one who can challenge that perception. It may change over time, but this then indicates that it's just your opinion and not an absolute. Have you taken a position? Perhaps there's another statement that you agree more with. Please get in touch on godtalkpodcast at hotmail.com. I'd love to know your answers and thoughts, and I'll read a couple out on the next episode. This takes us to the final question. Can evil and suffering prove God's existence? Suffering can constitute to many different things, from murders to diseases to famine and natural disasters. All these things are described as, and I direct result of, evil. For the purpose of this episode and the question, I will look purely at the evil done by mankind. Now, this sounds like a weird question to ask because normally it's used to disprove his existence. But using all that we have gone through so far, I would like to see if we can use it to reaffirm his existence. If God is all-powerful, then why doesn't he stop evil? If God created everything, he also created evil, so therefore God is evil. These are some of the more common opinions that people have that lead them to believe that God doesn't exist or that he must be evil. Let's try and answer them by sticking to the same formula of he does and doesn't exist and see how it might impact the question. We'll start with God exists. Because he does exist, we will have to also accept that he set a high moral standard for us to follow. As a result, God determines what is good and evil because he is a sovereign God. So we have a living God that has set out the laws who judges us based on those laws. God has said that every single person has broken his laws. Why doesn't he stop the evil, people ask? Because maybe he would start with you and me. You see, we can't accept a real God without his real laws. We have fallen short of his standards and have committed evil before his eyes. 
Because God's laws are absolutes, as we have discussed, we are subject to them whether we accept them or not. To answer this question honestly, we must take our own behaviours into account. For there to be evil, God's absolutes have to exist. Have we cheated, lied, stolen, been envious of others, selfish, slothful and so on? We can't merely look at others and think, well, I don't behave like that, those people are bad, and not take into consideration our own actions. Why doesn't God stop all the evil we do in the world? Because he wants us to be saved. We can see and experience his mercy and saving grace every morning we wake up when we are filled with breath when we have food to eat and water to drink. God wants people to turn away from evil and he gives them their entire lives to do so. Why does he allow evil, then I hear you ask? This is another question altogether, which I will be sure to answer in a future episode. But for now, I'll say this. We need his laws to know right and wrong. You can't know you're a thief if theft isn't wrong. It's through his laws that we see how bad we are. And it's because of how bad we are that we understand that we need to be forgiven for the evil we do. I can see how good God is through his laws and experience his mercy and forgiveness every time I do something evil before his eyes. You cannot give a Nobel Peace Prize to someone who has no diseases to cure. Just as you can't see the glory and goodness of God if he can't display it around evil. This raises a further question. Can he stop evil? I'll ask you a question also then. Could God create a rock so heavy he couldn't move it? Although God can create anything, he can only do so within the boundaries of logic. It's illogical to think that a God that can do anything could be restricted by his own creation. It just doesn't work. Can God stop evil? Of course, because he is God. Well, are there any instances when he has? Think back to the flood, when there was nothing but pure evil in the hearts of mankind. He stopped evil then. Think back to the Tower of Babel which I briefly covered in my previous episode, Creation, mankind came together with the evil desire in their hearts to be equal to God. God stopped it then. But if God were to now stop everything, how would that impact our free will? God has given us free will to do as we please in life. And it's within this free will that we have the freedom to love. I love because I choose to love. If you were forced to love people, then that wouldn't be love at all, now would it? God has asked us to love him and our neighbour, and freedom of the will is a necessary component for love to be expressed. If you're asking God to stop every trigger being pulled, then why not ask God to stop everything else? Like also asking God to freeze every cup of boiling water so you don't burn yourself. Asking God to pull your leg back before you cross the street because you're about to be hit. 
To ask God to do these things is to ask for your own free will to be denied, and in doing so, deny humanity's freedom to love. Now for the second statement of God created evil, so therefore God is evil, this requires us to look at God's attributes. These are that God is merciful and forgiving to the sinner. He is good because he makes the rain fall on all people, including those who do evil. There is food to eat and air to breathe. Does this sound evil? God has provided everything we need for life. So can a good God be evil? Not the God of the Bible. God has revealed to us through his word that he is good and that no evil can be found in him. His nature is good, holy, righteous and just. No evil can be present because of his attributes. And this is seen when it comes to him being the ultimate judge of the world. How can a God who sets the moral laws break them and then judge us for doing the same? It's illogical, just like the rock being too heavy for him to move. So is God evil? No. Can he be evil? No. Can we blame him for it? No. Just like a king who is the ruler of his land, God is sovereign over us all. And if he can't do evil, then whatever God decides to do or allows can't be evil either. Trying to define God's will or actions as evil means only one thing. You don't agree with his moral laws based upon your own opinions. Let me remind you of the definition. The grounds for moral truths are that they are objective in the sense that they are true no matter what we might want or think. Who are we to judge God? When a potter is moulding clay, does the clay ask the potter, what are you making? Now, if we take the scenario that God doesn't exist, do these questions still hold any validity? The short answer is no. It's impossible and completely illogical to question the morality of God if you personally don't believe he exists. How can you blame a non-existent being for the evil in the world? How can you blame a non-existent being for being evil? If God doesn't exist, then it's up to the 16% of the world's population to prove and explain why there is so much evil in the world. They can't. They can remove God's existence in the world, but by doing so, they are also removing the presence of evil. Because if there's no God, then there's no moral absolutes. If there are no moral absolutes, then there cannot be any evil. So all the suffering that they see cannot be called evil because it's just an opinion based on their perspective of life. So in fact, he actually can't be blamed for it in this instance either, logically. So although these are very good questions to ask, they can only be asked if God exists. I would therefore argue that the questions of suffering and evil prove God's existence because he needs to exist for you to be able to ask them. 
As we draw this episode to a close, can we see a moral case for God? For me, yes, definitely. The fact that we have universal truths that we all live by can only be made by God. The fact that good and evil can only be present as a direct result of moral universal truths also furthers this proof. For evil can't exist if the law is made only from our opinions. And the reassurance that there is a justice for the life we live all points to the existence of God. What do you think? Is good and evil more than just an opinion? Is it logical to blame a non-existent God for evil in the world? Do moral absolutes prove God's existence? Is God's judgment better than no judgment at all? Do you live by moral principles or moral absolutes? If it's the latter, then could God be real? God Talk Podcast. Let them that have ears.